This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one, FM 96.7 in downtown Toronto. Owned and operated by MZ Media Incorporated. Zoomer Radio. Timeless Hits. Good afternoon, 12 o'clock. I'm Bob Comsick with news on Zoomer Radio. Mostly sunny with a high of 24. Right now it's 21. 74 Fahrenheit feels like 24, though. In the news, Ottawa does not intend to remove the name of Sir John A. Macdonald from anything under federal responsibility. The Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario recently said that it feels it should be removed, calling the country's first prime minister the architect of genocide against Indigenous peoples. The current PM saying now that McDonald's name will stay. Indigenous elder Kat Krigger will join Zoomer Radio's fight back with uh, Libby Snymer right after the news. And as always, we'd like you to be part of our conversation and tell us what you think. So get in line now by calling one of ours. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Doug Ford's planning to run for office again. The former Toronto mayoralty candidate and city councillors confirm that. It's just not known if he'll take another shot at the mayor's job or take a crack at provincial politics. Mayor John Tory's reaction? I'm going to do my work and I'm going to get transit built and address housing and keep taxes low, all the things that we have been working at doing and, uh, you know, I'll be running for sure for re-election and whoever else runs, uh, of course, they're more than welcome to do so and uh, I'm sure it'll be an interesting uh, contest. Doug Ford will make the announcement a week this Friday at Ford Fest. That's the family's annual barbecue. The United Food and Commercial Workers Union endorsing MPP Jagmeet Singh for federal NDP leader, Union's National President says Singh's the one who best represents the interests of his members and says that he will help expand the party to new heights with a new generation. Singh's among four seeking the party's top job. The others, Ontario MP Charlie Angus, Manitoba MP Nikki Ashton, and Quebec MP Guy Caron. Later today, the NDP is expected to release new membership figures. Saying funding for the arts is investing in young people, communities, and a more inclusive, innovative society. The Premier announcing a short time ago the province is increasing annual funding to the Ontario Arts Council by $50 million a year. Currently, the agency gives $30 million a year in grants and services to artists and arts groups. By 2021, it'll increase to $80 million a year. In Houston, officials there say some homes could be inundated with flood water for up to a month as Tropical Storm Harvey continues to deluge the city. Two reservoirs are overflowing despite a controlled water release aimed at preventing flooding downtown. And officials are certain more homes and streets will flood as a result. The flood gauge at one of the reservoirs is overwhelmed and disabled, and officials are worried the gauge on the others also going to fail. Check of the markets. Toronto's down 37 points to 15,015. Dow Jones up 20 to 21,829. NASDAQ up 8 to 6291. off nearly a tenth of a penny to just under 80 cents American. Oil down 77 cents to 45.80 a barrel. And gold up over $8 to 1,323.40 an ounce. 12.03, weather's next. Welcome back to the Honda Summer Rollout. Our next contestant is Jenny. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm good. That's great. So, Jenny, which door will you choose? Um, two? And behind door two, a 2017 Civic LX sedan. On lease from just $56 weekly at 1.99% and zero down. Oh, my goodness. You're also getting a $750 bonus. What? Woo-hoo-hoo! Hey, that's great. Hurry into your local Honda dealer. Includes freight and fees for 60 months. Taxes extra OAC. See HondaOntario.com. Zoomer Radio weather, mostly sunny, high 24, humid X 25. Tonight, some clouds and 14. Tomorrow, some sun, some clouds, and maybe some afternoon showers. A high of 24 and feeling more like 27. Currently, 2174 Fahrenheit, the humid X 24. I'm Bob Comsick. News next at 1 on Zoomer Radio. Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It started in the American South and it moved here in a different guise. Following moves in the U.S. to take down statues of Confederate heroes... 
The Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario called on the province to remove the name of Canada's first Prime Minister, Sir John A. Macdonald, from public schools because of his support of residential schools. It has opened a vigorous debate. Yesterday, the Prime Minister weighed in saying he would not support this and he has no plans to take McDonald's name off any building that is federal. Bear in mind, he changed the name of his own office building, formerly the Langevin Block, because the namesake, Sir Hector Louis Langevin, was connected to the residential school movement. This morning, Angus Reid came out with a new poll on the topic. 55% of Canadians oppose expunging McDonald's name. 25% are in favour and nearly 20% have no opinion. I am sure that our audience has opinions. The numbers to call, 416 360 0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. With me in studio, Kat Krigger, who is a traditional Indigenous elder. And on the line, we have historian Patrice Dutil. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot. Okay, let's start with you, Kat. Um, Give us some background on how Indigenous communities are feeling about this. Well, the... The background on this, first I want to start off really quickly with reading a quote from Sir John A. Macdonald, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure many people have heard, seen, read. Um, it's popular in schools now. And this quote says, When the school is on the reserve, uh, the child lives with its parents who are savages. Though he may learn to read and write, his habits, training, and mode of thought are Indian. He is simply a savage who can read and write. Indian children should be withdrawn as much as possible from parental influence. And the only way to do that is to put them in central training industrial schools where they will acquire the habits and modes of thoughts of white men. That is Sir John A. Macdonald. So certainly with an intro like that, um, the, uh, the indigenous culture may be uh, absolutely be opposed to uh, glorifying this individual. Okay. Um, a couple of the questions that I have, one of the things I thought when this came out was, you know, to me, it would have had more credibility if it came from an Indigenous group as opposed to elementary teachers. And, um, you know, this was never on the agenda until I heard it from elementary teachers. This particular thing, it didn't come out in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Yeah, and... Uh I know we were having a conversation earlier, and the, uh, the concept of the truth and reconciliation is uh, 94 calls to action. Um, it would be probably difficult to find everything that needs changing within the number 94. I'm um, Certainly there's thousands of things that should be changed in the world. Most in- interestingly, my outreach at the uh, elementary schools, the public schools, uh, from the university work that I do, I-, I find that children are now adopting a opinion. And they are when they're introduced to something, when they learn about something, they, they have thought on it. Much more, it seems, than used to be. So I do find youth in elementary schools, when they learn about something that's wrong, they speak up. Oh, okay, let's, uh, let's go to Patrice Dutille. Uh, what is your view on this? Well, I mean, simply that uh, by pursuing this line of logic, we are losing sight of John A. MacDonald, of the man, uh, of his vast contribution to building this country, and it's unfair. Um, the, I, I'm not going to challenge the, the idea that John A. MacDonald had a very dim view of, of Aboriginal people in this country. Uh, it, it's undeniable. But he, what's important to remember here is that he didn't campaign on it. He, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, a focus of his life. Um, but, but the quote is accurate, and, and, it, and it's, it bears it bears naked the uh, the his views on it. I mean, he saw indigenous people in this country as as uh, a, a remnant of the past that had to be shoved into late nineteenth century realities. His idea, and and, and 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 this is very important, his idea, which was shared widely by Canadians, by white Canadians, was that the only way you're going to, you know, that, that Aboriginal people are going to be able to thrive is if they completely assimilate into the mainstream, that they they do uh, abandon their traditional ways, they learn to, to speak 
English. They learned to work like everybody else. And, and that was his view. That was his view. And it's undeniable. I mean, it's undeniable. And, but what it, but by focusing on this, we're losing track of, of the Johnny McDonald that contributed so much uh, to building this country. And so my point is that we can't obliterate the massive contribution, the unique contribution of Johnny McDonald uh, by focusing simply on that one important but one issue. Um, it's interesting. In the United States where the controversy is over pulling down all these statues of Confederate Heroes of people who supported slavery, who owned slaves. Uh, there, there is a kind of definition that some academics have come up with, and they said, "Okay, we take down the statues if what this person is known for is supporting slavery." But if that was tangential, if you can call it that, we leave them. Cat, what do you think of a formula like that? That's. Uh it's a difficult mathematical formula to come <laughs> yeah. up with a balanced answer for, certainly. And uh, I, I do recognize Sir John A. MacDonald was not just this quote. He was a person. He was a human. Um, the attitude maybe was a part of a political platform uh, at the beginning of Canada's uh, existence, but also understanding that the whole controversy isn't just residential schools. It's the idea of colonization, it's the idea of land acquisition, it's the idea of cultural, uh, um, the concept of the culture itself being squashed. This focus may not be entirely on this individual name, it's on a concept, an ideal that this is not correct, no matter where it occurs in the world, how it occurs in the world. And I think it's a world uh, focus and view right now that uh, maintaining people in, in a, in a uh, a statue-like position may be, not be the way to recognize them. Certainly doesn't mean obliterate them from history because they should be well recorded as part of Canada's history, as are residential schools, as are the good and bads. Uh, let, we're going to go to the, the phones in a minute just because they are really <laughs> filling up. But, uh, Kat, so do you support taking Sir John A.'s name off schools? You know, you asked me that question a little bit earlier, and I have a habit of being evasive. In <laughs> yes, you do. However... Um, you know, when I look at examples, without naming names, when I look at examples like Germany or South Africa or parts of India where uh, certain individuals that may have promoted concepts and ideals that we now look as genocide-based, um, I'm pretty certain the, the, the movement nowadays is not to maintain uh, glorification of certain individuals. Uh, yeah, but, um, I mean... Uh Patrice, uh, do you accept the argument? Because um, people say that was what people thought in that time, and, and those people were more than that view. And it, it applies to other things. I mean, there are uh, writings from Pierre Trudeau's early uh, writings that are that are anti-Semitic. I mean, I mean Mackenzie King was anti-Semitic, as I'm sure were, you know, no, a lot of other people there. There's no prime minister there is no prime minister that uh, that is blameless here. I mean, the issue of residential schools may have started with John A. Macdonald and his generation. It continued until the 1990s. If you're going to condemn John A. Macdonald, you are going to have to condemn Wilfrid Laurier, because in many cases, Wilfrid Laurier was much worse. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to condemn Mackenzie King. You're going to have to condemn R.B. Bennett, Louis Saint-Laurent, Pearson, Diefenbaker, you're going to have to condemn Pierre Trudeau. Pierre Trudeau, was, one of the first things they did was put out uh, a white paper that called for the abolition of indigenous uh, status in this country. I mean, it, it, what we are doing here by, by castigating John A. Macdonald is, is castigating Canadian civilization. We are saying that it's not just this individual. It's all the generations that preceded us that were wrong and that committed wrong. And for this reason... We do want to remove them from the public eye. The public eye here matters, and that's why I am opposed to the idea of removing Johnny McDonald from schools or removing statues. Uh, the, the, the schools are a lot more than just the kids attending them. It's the people in the community. It is, it is a, a, a very simple reminder that 
we had at one moment at one moment in our history in our past a prime minister that accomplished great things and we need to discuss what he did what he and his generation did the good and the bad i welcome debate on the things that were done wrong i welcome debate on things that were done right but to simply say we will remove this person from the public eye it's bad enough we've eliminated history from our curriculum i mean the kids did we ever have it i mean that's a whole <laughs> other topic but i can tell you that when i was in elementary school back in the dark ages in quebec um we learned uh, european history and uh it was i remember i asked for a special case when i was in grade 10 and I took a grade nine course because they had just introduced one Canadian history course. Uh, so that's a whole other topic. Um, no, we should be doing. My point is that we should be doing a lot more and not a lot less. And over the in Canada right now in high school, there are only four provinces that require a, a Canadian history course. And Ontario, I'm happy to say, is one of them. But in the rest of the country, six provinces, it is not required. We know very little about John A. Macdonald. Uh, the kids will not cover it in class. So w what are we left with? This idea that, that McDonald was a genocidal maniac, and, and that's just not correct. So, I mean, we, we, we can't... My view is that we should keep the schools as they are and keep the monuments as we are and, and maybe erect new monuments so that we have other places that we can remember. We, we, I think in Canada, we don't remember enough. And we don't remember enough things. And certainly the, the, the case of the residential schools screams out for a place where we can remember the victims. We should be focusing on that, not tearing down other monuments. Okay, let's hold everybody, hold it. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we have people who've been waiting patiently. Richard in Toronto. Hi, Richard. Uh, good afternoon. You're on the air. We're listening. Well, thank you very much. Uh, no, I... I um I worked in Kenora for three years uh, with the Ministry of Natural Resources on the West Patricia Land Use Plan and, and met First Nations, and we did open houses. And I'm acutely aware of the disparity and, and, and some of the, um, you know, nastier things that have happened and, and some of the sort of domineering aspect with, um, you know, Canadian society and I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to uh, to the problems, and I'm I'm glad to see that the federal government at least is trying to come to grips with uh, restoring uh, some dignity and 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 you know assisting with uh, First Nations uh, for for resources and electricity and and good water and, and and better living conditions. We have a long way to go, but I I think the the answer is not removing. Sir John A. Macdonald's name on on school, you know, in front of schools, um, because I I can sympathize with Patrice. There is the good and the bad, no matter who you uh, you honor, and I I think we have to relate to that balance. And I think school children, if you give them a chance, they'll they'll be balanced too. If 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 the teachers are leaders themselves, and talk about the good and the bad. Uh, hopefully that education will percolate uh, uh, in young minds and, uh, you know, lead to good, good things and lead to good citizens who are conscious of the disparities that we've created as, as a colonial society. Okay, Richard, thank you for that. Let's go to Kathy in Niagara Falls. Hi, Kathy. Hi. <clears throat> go ahead, you're on the air. Yes, I just wanted to say that uh, I don't think he should be taken off. I think... If you're going to blame, you could put, blame the Catholic Church, too, because the Catholic Church is the one responsible for all the abuse in these places. Uh, Cat is shaking his head, and I think the Anglican Church might have been involved as well. well. Absolutely, Whatever absolutely. church, the churches themselves are responsible, and, and the government should have been more, you know, overseeing what was going on in these schools. Like, what was wrong with them? Well, why would they do that? Well, yeah, you just uh, heard the uh, the quote that Kat read. Kathy, thanks for your call. Let's go to Brian in Toronto. Hello, Brian. Hi, it's Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, You're Brian. on the air. Well, I agree with that lady um, that just called in that part of the, the blame is for the churches that were doing this. And, you know, the Catholics have a terrible history of torture. Uh-oh. 
Um, hello? Can okay. I, Libby, can I speak for a second? Um, okay. Why don't they rip the crosses off the Catholic Church? <laughs> I mean, basically, taking the statues down is really foolish. Okay, uh, sure, go ahead, Patrice. Yeah, my, my point simply is, it's not just the Catholic Church. I mean, the Anglican Church was was, was equally uh, responsible, but, you know, we, we can actually drive this down the line. Um, who were the people that were in front of the te- in front of the students? It was the teachers. You know, the, the government of Canada did not mandate abuse and disrespect, and, uh, you know, you could teach assimilation in all sorts of different ways. The reality is that it was the teachers that did this horrible work, and I think that there's some reckoning that needs to happen at that point. Well, I, I think, uh, Kat, would you say there has been some reckoning? Um, we're certainly on our way, I like to think, and it's uh, bringing these things to the forefront as a debate and as a discussion and as, as um, an understanding and a learning that really helps move forward. The My quick comment on the church as a overall focus of blame. Uh, you know, sometimes I like to think it's not a belief system that, that does this to a people, but it's individuals within that belief system misusing their power. Mm-hmm. I've yet to read in the Bible anywhere where it says abuse kids or, or exactly. uh, do yeah. all these things that happen to them. I've not read that anywhere. So and we know uh, that with all due respect, the Catholic yeah. concepts and systems, um, individuals given a position of power, much like perhaps, I'll, I'll use the name Hitler, um, who took a great deal of power under his own wing, and I, I would hesitate to go to a school with with Adolf Hitler on the front. Well, of it. And I, I'm not comparing I think, the two. Yeah, please don't, because I think different. that's that's very, very, very different. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brian, you are uh, op- opposed to keeping Sir John A.'s name on schools, right? No, I think it should still stay there, and the statue should stay there. That's our history, mm. and basically you can't eliminate our history and, and continue because we have to learn from that. We have to learn that that was not a proper thing to do, and the, the responsibility is kind of widespread, but I think taking down the names and taking down the statues and all that is, is wrong. <clears throat> There's a lot of people that have done a lot of terrible things in our history, but I don't think we have to ignore them. We have to study them and learn from them. Okay, Brian, thanks for that. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, we have to take a quick break, but we are going to be back with, with much more of this discussion. We're going to be taking more of your calls and comments, so uh, just hold that thought, and we will be right back. Zoomer Radio, where Saturday nights, the time difference between Toronto and Liverpool is 50 years. The occasion, the British invasion. Do not be tempted to drive on the left side of the road. be tempted to tune in to the British Invasion with Robbie Lane. Saturday night as Big Ben strikes six in Liberty Village. Only on AM 740 and downtown Toronto at 96.7 FM. I'm stepping out with my baby. Can't go wrong because I'm in right. It's for sure, not for maybe, that I'm all dressed up tonight. Stepping Out is heading for the bayou and Mississauga's musical Mardi Gras. Zoomer Radio is the official radio sponsor of the Tim Hortons Southside Shuffle, also known as the Port Credit Blues and Barbecue Festival. Come get your fill of the best in Canadian blues, including the Stampeders and the legendary Downchild Blues Band, September 8th to 10th at Memorial Park. For more information, go to southsideshuffle.ca. Zoomer Radio and Curtain Call Entertainment say welcome to Nashville. Y'all enjoy the show as the Burlington Performing Arts Center becomes the glorious old Ryman Auditorium, site of many great moments in the early days of country music. Enjoy the songs of Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, and Loretta Lynn. Welcome to Nashville, September 22nd. Call 905-681-6000. And on September 30th at the Mississauga Living Arts Centre, Robbie Lane and the Disciples are joined by special guest Keith Hampshire for a Looking Back Retro Music Concert. Get your tickets at livingartscentre.ca. And for the complete arts and events listings, be sure to visit zoomerradio.com. 
With Epson's EcoTank 4550 printer, you won't run out of ink at midnight when your kids' big projects do the next day. EcoTank has a refillable tank and comes with enough ink for up to two years or up to 8,000 pages of cartridge-free printing. As a trusted member of your healthcare team, your PharmaSafe pharmacist is always looking for ways to help you better manage your medication. Introducing Medication Manager, a simple, convenient way to organize your medications, vitamins, and supplements all in one place. Now taking them properly is easier than ever. Medication Manager, available at your neighborhood PharmaSafe. Live well with PharmaSafe. Jessica Fletcher's here and there's been a murder. You don't say. Murder follows her everywhere. A little obsession never hurt anyone. Murder, she wrote, on Vision TV. Someone's dead. The police don't have a clue. So isn't this where you tell me what you think happened? All in good time and great fun watching amateur sleuth J.B. Fletcher lead them to the killer. She won't let anyone get away with it. You get involved to your heart's content. Well, thank you. I'll remember that. Murder, she wrote. Make it your obsession. Weeknights at 7 on Vision TV. Fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about a very controversial issue, and that is the call to remove the name of Sir John A. Macdonald from elementary schools. Uh, it started last week. The Elementary School Teachers Federation made the call. Uh, the Premier has weighed in saying she doesn't agree with it. The Prime Minister has weighed in saying he doesn't agree with it. There's a poll out today which shows that 55% of people oppose expunging the name of Sir John A. Macdonald. I'm here with Kat Krigger, who is a traditional Indigenous elder, and he is explaining the view that many Indigenous people have about this. He's enlightened us. He's read us a quote, a very racist quote from Sir John A. Macdonald. No one is denying that, not our other guest, historian Patrice Dutille. Uh, first, uh, let's take a few more calls. We've got Lori in Brantford. Hello, Lori. Hello. Hello. You're Hello. on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm a teacher, and I just wanted to say that I'm a little embarrassed and disappointed that my federation has put forth this proposal about removing Sir Johnny McDonald's name. Um, it says that they represent 78,000 elementary teachers, which is true, except I just came to know of this proposal a few days ago. So by rights, ETFO, the entire delegation, has not really been made aware. So ETFO is going on and saying that the elementary students or the teachers all had a say in this, and we didn't. And I think as a teacher, it is my job to teach students about the good and the bad, to let them build understanding, and to encourage them to make their own decisions. There is no one that should be able to, or a certain sector of society, be able to tell students what they should and should not learn about at school. And I just think that as a teacher, I, I really am disappointed in my federation. I, um, I certainly get that. I would think on something like that, you have to take some kind of poll of, of your members. Uh, I don't know if, if coming out with something like that is the purview of, of an executive. Um, yeah, well, apparently it is, you know, a certain portion um, of ETFO. It's a delegation um, that decided on behalf of their people that they represent that this is something that they want to do. And if I missed out on a poll, then I will take back everything that I said. But we get emails all the time from our federation, and not one this summer has come forth across my computer. That's um, that's interesting. That's a that's a whole other wrinkle on it. Uh, Lori, thank you very much for telling us about that. You're welcome. Bye bye. Okay, let's go to Sandra in Toronto. And and my notes here, Sandra, say that you are Indigenous, but you are in favor of keeping the name. Uh, yes, your notes are correct. I am Indigenous. I'm from the Cree First Nation. 
Thanks Tansi. for calling. You're very Tansi. welcome. Tansi. Uh, my point of view comes from uh, Sir Johnny MacDonald uh, is one of the founders of, of Contemporary Canada, absolutely. Uh, he also represents mainstream society. So that is, in essence, I'm doing air quotes, white culture. That's your culture. Who am I as an indigenous person to try to indigenize your society? I mean, like, that would be just as bad as going back to the old days where the white society colonized, you know, the uh, indigenous people. So how do two wrongs make a right? Well, if, just a minute. Aren't you as much a part of our society now as we are? Uh, absolutely. However, however, I'm also responsible for teaching my sons. I'm responsible for teaching my nieces, my nephews, of the true uh, indigenous history. You, in effect, are uh, responsible for teaching your people. Right. Well, uh, if, if, wait if, a minute. Wait. Wait a minute. Okay. I. I think. I mean, we're we are all Canadians, and we should we should all be. Uh, you know, we should all be teaching each other. Uh, and I. I would think. You know that we are. Uh, you know the same nation. Uh, I don't. You know, wouldn't like to see every little ethnic group siloed. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. People from different ethnic backgrounds make sure that their kids know languages or history. But at the end of the day, we're all Canadians, and absolutely. this thing happened to the whole country. Uh, Libby, you're absolutely right. We're all uh, we're all from the same land base. However, you uh, the white people are the dominant society. They actually, um, uh, your people, for lack of a better term, I know it's not you specifically, <laughs> but, you know, in general, um, they, they hold the power of it, into what exactly goes into the curriculum. I've heard some of your callers, and they're saying, you know what, it's up to the teacher. They're absolutely right. You place a lot of uh, power in a teacher's hands because they shape the young minds. And, if you know, going back to the, the example of Hitler, I mean, he didn't come in, you know, the Holocaust happened between 1933 and 1945. Cool. Not cool. I mean, like, that, that's just the date frame. Right, I get Indigenous it. Indigenous resi- residential schools started in 1888. The last one closed in 1990. And it is also said that Hitler actually took a page out of Canada's um, residential school playbook and used it towards the Holocaust. I, I, uh, you know, I've never heard here. that. Yeah, but, but that's neither yeah. here nor there, Libby. The yeah. point is, you have the right to honor whoever you want to honor. Um, as white people, I mean, if you're honoring uh, Sir John A. MacDonald, uh, so be it. If you're honoring uh, Duncan Scott, um, you know, the man who said, take the Indian out of the child, so be it. If you're honoring, you know, what's his name? Um, Cornwallis, who put the bounty on the scalps of all indigenous people on the East Coast, so be it. That's who you honor. I'm not going to tell you what's right for your culture. It's your culture. Uh, I'm going to, okay. Thank you for that, Sandra. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to let both Kat and Patrice respond to that. Kat? Well, um, that's a lot in one quick little bit. Yes, I understand the idea of honoring who an individual wishes to honor, and that becomes somewhat individual. I recognize there's 78,000-odd elementary school teachers, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming some protocol was followed in the decision to request the removal of names. And that's coming from the people that live in those houses. So I'm, I'm not speaking for myself here. I'm, I'm looking at a situation where somebody goes outside, looks at their front door, and goes, this is what I do or don't want written on my front door. Again, I'm not aware of what protocol was used to uh, begin that. But it seems to be a very strong thing, a strong request. That idea of if I'm going to say a certain culture has the right to look at something some way, then I have to look at the elementary school um, culture of teachers and say perhaps they have that right as well. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. Uh, do you do you accept what our our last caller said that you know that you know white people can honor who they honor you can honor who you are want to honor I um, in myself there might be some confusion there as with many of our peoples we are of mixed blood let me tell you can I yeah please let me tell you why Johnny McDonald should be honored and and by any and all Canadians. Again, full knowledge of, of, of the story, as we know it, because we don't know everything. Mm. But here's why I think John A. MacDonald was an important man. John A. MacDonald 
championed the idea of confederation at a time when British North America was in deep danger. This is after the Civil War, very uncertain times. He didn't come up with the idea of confederation, but he's the guy who really championed it. And how do you do that? He did it by convincing people, by cajoling people, by, in some cases, by arm-twisting some people. But in his time, in his time, the, 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 the schisms in Canadian society were between Catholics and Protestants. They were between French and English. They were between Maritimers and Central Canadians. John A. MacDonald had the brains, the creativity, the ability, the doggedness to say, you know, people, we have something in common together here, and we need to work towards it. And it was not easy. At first, only four provinces came in. Nova Scotia was one of them. Nova Scotians actually voted against Confederation in the first election of 1867. And yet, four years later, they are fully on board. Why? Because John D. MacDonald was able to come up with the arguments to bring them in. He brings in British Columbia. He brings in the Islanders, Prince Edward Island. He gets the Rupert's uh, territory from from Britain. And I fully understand here that I'm probably insulting a lot of indigenous people by saying it was Britain's land. Let's just say that legal title was British. It was not British, but it was legal, legally entitled to the British. John A. MacDonald, not alone, and I emphasize not alone. He's always got a lot of people working with him, working towards this ideal of a Canada that would be fundamentally different from the United States. He made mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes. In his day, he was criticized roundly for all sorts of treaties that he signed, for promoting national policy. People were against national policy. Some people were in favor of national policy. The reality is that he was elected and re-elected six times. That means Canadians really bought into the idea of John A. Macdonald. And for that reason, he deserves to be recognized. I don't think we do enough of it. I think we should recognize him a great deal more. There are only three streets in Canada that honor John A. Macdonald. There's only a, a few statues, a few, a few schools, very, very few. I mean, think of how many George Washington schools there are in each city in the United States. We don't do anything like that. It's just not part of our DNA. But what we have, we should at least preserve. Because John A. Macdonald was the man who brought this country together. He's the one who argued in favor of giving the vote to Indigenous Canadians when Canadians were absolutely against it. He was in, in favor of giving the vote to women in 1885. People in his party, in his party, rejected his idea. He gave, in 1885, he gave the vote to, practic to practically every man above uh, age 21. There's a great deal that Johnny McDonald accomplished, and we have to keep this in mind. We have to keep his We don't know his contribution well enough. I don't think it's taught in schools well enough, but this is something we do have to keep in mind, that regardless of the issue, of the very important issue of, in of residential schools, there is so much that this man contributed to making Canada a, a, a tolerant society. The, the way he approached immigration, yes, come on in. Everybody in, you know, uh, people uh, escaping slavery, bring him in, you know, with the exception of the of, of the Chinese. And we can come back to that later. OK, he was welcoming. OK, he is, he is the core of our nation. OK, let's um, that, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, David in Toronto. Hi, David. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? Not bad. Thank you. Uh, I've been listening to your program, uh, but, uh, you know, the language that he used and your opening remarks there, uh, not acceptable. Uh, it's 2017. Uh, you know, he should not be on any public buildings. And quite frankly, he shouldn't even be on our money. Maybe when it comes to our, our, our currency, we should have just have landscapes because no matter <laughs> who you put on there, there's going to be somebody who's done something or had views in a certain way that's not appropriate. But you know, uh, using that language against our First Nations, call them savages. You know, I mean, that's that's not a not acceptable. And, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Canadian, and how uh, it's not acceptable these days. I think it was uh, cat. It was pretty common then. Uh, it was common then. I think "savage" was the French yes. term. And uh, you know, you you make me think, uh, David, in those thoughts that. Uh, you know, often we'll look at people, and if we happen to consider them a mentor, we we accept what they do good, and and maybe kind of uh, hope that the things they don't that are not good that they'll 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 lose those things. But we can still hold people in high regard for what they do accomplish. So, are well, you I mean, saying are you saying there, Cat, that we should hold John A. Macdonald in high regard, or? I think I'm saying, and I said earlier about the elementary school kids being informed and then making a decision. 
and without uh, and, and with our regards to our other friend, um, the idea the the more as a historian knowing John A. Macdonald inside outside all the things he's done not done right and wrong up and down um, allows for more informed decision, and I think maybe there should be a pause and action until people have an informed view of who an individual is. Oh, in, so you're saying now put this put this thing on hold, like don't do anything. We have a few hundred years to look at this. <laughs> okay. wow. That's often the timeline that we do things in. But uh, Those are wise words. Uh, okay. Um, David, thanks for your call. Thank you, David. No worries. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay. And um, let us go to uh, Mike in Brantford. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, my uh, comment is about uh, context. Uh, uh, when uh, McDonald had his first term, uh, right, uh, a contemporary of his was uh, Charles Darwin, who just uh, proposed the evolution theory. If, now, if Darwin would propose that a century or two earlier, he could have faced the death penalty, even burned at the stake. Like, like how, how barbaric is that? You know, it's about context. And, and slavery had just ended a few years ago in the States and in the British Empire only about 30 years before MacDonald first took office. That's, that's my comment. Okay. Thanks, Mike, for that. You're welcome. Okay. Is that, um, is that an acceptable argument, Kat, that we can't judge people then by our standards today? Or are some things universal? You know, I heard a story a while ago, a young man talking, actually not a young man, about 50 years old, talking with his father. And the discussion was about being younger and getting a spanking. Not being beat, not being abused, but getting a spanking. And the father was saying, I felt guilty for that. But back in that era, that was the norm. The reply of the young, younger man was simply that, um, and I say this very carefully, that I never got a spanking I didn't deserve. And at this point, I can tell you that you missed a few. <laughs> so, And with all due respect to Tramon households, of course. But the idea was now things are different. When we look back in our lives at how things were done or how things were done 100 years ago or 200 or 300, and you're right, you could be burned at the stake and tortured. And um, Nowadays, I come back to my concept that I'm uh, you know, thinking more and more about as we speak about informed decision. How much history do I know? So as yeah. an individual, do I know, uh, speaking not of myself, do I know about residential schools? Do I know what happened? Do I know the good and the bad that a person has done or not done? And then and only then? Um, I, even then, I don't think I have the right to judge as an individual. I think it sounds to me that you're changing your mind over the course I of do the that hours. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go well, ahead, Patrice. Context is everything. Context is what we teach in history. Uh, let me give you come back to the example of of uh, the head tax that Johnny McDonald imposed on um, Chinese who wished to immigrate to Canada. You know, because people single that out as particularly abhorrent. And again, by you know, by today's standards, to single out one immigrant group and say, you know, for you, it's going to be more expensive, it's, it's really appalling. But put John A. MacDonald in the context of his period. In his period, the Americans barred Chinese immigration. It was not allowed. The Australians did the same thing. If you were a Chinese man, you were not allowed to go to the United States or to Australia. But you, if you wished, you could come to Canada, and it would cost you an extra 25 bucks. Not, that's a lot of money in those days. I'm not dismissing that. But what I'm saying is that John A. Macdonald, in many respects, is actually a progressive. He argues, I mean, the first head of a state to argue in favor of women's right to vote. Nobody ever, ever did that. John A. Macdonald did it. I mean, it takes a great deal. I didn't even courage. know that. So thank you for enlightening me. But the point is that yeah. the, you know, context is everything. Context is everything. And we have to understand people in their period. Now, that being said, once you understand the period and uh, you, you can still you judge people and say, even by the standards of your period, you are a terrible person and you deserve condemnation. And that's what historians do. I mean, some people, you know, I'm not saying that context is an excuse for everything. Context can actually be used to accuse people with a great deal of more authority. But in the case of John A. MacDonald, let's learn the whole story. Let's discuss the whole story and you know, then come to a decision as to whether uh, he deserves the, 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 the heroic status that he once was given. And I, I, I still think that he does deserve it. Okay, let's take a call from Sarah in Toronto. Hi, Sarah. Hi there. 
You're on the air. In all due respect, we need to stop starting a book in the middle of the book. It, start reading a book from the middle. Okay. The reality is this. We, I understand the concept of, of, of uh, context. Um, but And just going by context, that means every prime minister that came after him is culpable. Because as far as I see it, they could have made a change in terms of uh, residential schools, and they did nothing. But what I really wanted to say before I started this was, I just want the names taken down from the schools. I don't care about any other building or street. These are temples of education that these children go into every day. And children mold themselves on what they see. So they see us putting this guy's name above their school, out in the street. Then they hear about the things, good and bad, that he did, and they start going, wait a second. So you can still be a bad person or do bad things uh, as long as in quote-unquote context and have your name plastered all over the place. This has to stop. The names on top of schools need to come down. What about the teachers? They have to go into those buildings every day knowing what they know. And a lot of them probably didn't know what a lot of this stuff. Out of respect, it's the least we could do. We're supposed to be in partnership with these people. These, the indigenous people, according to Trudeau, are our partners. And we have a long road ahead of us in terms of trying to make peace between us in terms of how we live our lives going forward. The least we can do is remove those names from those schools. Okay, Sarah, thanks very much for that. Okay, uh, we have to take another break. And when we come back, we are going to continue this conversation with Kat Krigger, with Patrice Dutil, and with our listeners. We will take more of your calls and comments when we come back. Zoomers in the know know never to miss Fight Back with Libby Snymer. But perhaps you miss it occasionally, or there's a highlight you want to hear again. That's why twice every weekend, Zoomer Radio presents the best of Libby's Nimer's Fight Back with Jane Brown. Best of the week newsmaker interviews, trusted advisors with the most helpful health, legal, financial, and lifestyle information, and the prize-winning knockout call of the week. 12.30 Saturdays and Sundays on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, and downtown Toronto at 96.7 FM. Your home was once your comfort zone, but now you have an accessibility challenge that turns a home into a hazard. The solution? The Total Home Safety Check. Total Access Center will come to your home, check every room for potential hazards, and then suggest the best safety solutions. It's sort of like your home adapting to you. Book your no-charge assessment with the Total Access Center. Call 416-546-1000. Yes, the Total Home Safety Check is free. And isn't that comforting? Watch for the 2017 Zoomer Radio Summer Cruiser on the streets of Toronto in neighborhoods at concerts, festivals, and special events. Stop by and meet Carly Saggy. She'll be reporting live and handing out free samples all summer long. Get your free Zoomer Radio Limited Edition Collector Keychain when you sign up for the free Zoomer Radio Fan Club. The 2017 Zoomer Radio Summer Cruiser. Sponsored by Healthy Planet and Natural Calm. Hi, I'm Jim Matthews, president of Lease Busters. Do you need to get out of your vehicle lease? Do you want to take advantage of a great deal on a new car? Has a new car caught your eye? Do you want to avoid early termination fees? If you answered yes to any or all these questions, go to leasebusters.com and we'll help. And if you're in the market for a brand new car, go see my friends at CarCostCanada.com. Their members get the best price on new cars and trucks sold in Canada. Hassle-free. Why wouldn't you want the best price and no hassles? Join now. It's better than free. Thanks again for eating us with chalet. Here's your bill. Honey, stop salivating over their dinner. They're having the exact same meal we just had. Two quarter chickens, a shareable appetizer, and two drinks. I know, and it was delicious, but it's the price I'm salivating over. Two can dine for $25 every day when you show your CARP card at participating Swiss Chalet restaurants across Canada. Visit carp.ca forward slash Swiss Chalet to start saving today. With Nicorette Quick Mist Coolberry, you're not just stopping smoking. You're starting. Starting that hobby again. 
starting to make playlists for running. Starting to tire them out. <laughs> New Nicorette Quick Mist Coolberry stops cravings fast, making you almost 150% more likely to quit versus willpower alone. So you're not just stopping, you're starting. Nicorette, do something amazing. To be sure this product is right for you, always read and follow the label. To be used with willpower as part of the smoking cessation program. Fight back with Libby Snymer on Zuma Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about the move or the call to remove the name of John A. McDonald from elementary schools in Ontario. Lots of debate, vigorous debate we are having here today with Kat Krigger, a traditional Indigenous elder and historian, Patrice Dutille, who, by the way, is the author of a book on Sir John A. MacDonald. Uh, and uh, he's been telling us a lot of things that we don't know about the guy. Uh, so let us go to the phones to start. We've got Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm good. Um, I don't agree with removing the um, the um, the names uh, or the history, um, but I think that uh, it's about time that the government um, decided to um, make it right with the natives or the indigenous people. And here's how I see it: what a lot of people don't know is that indigenous people on a reserve cannot own their own property, and which is wrong, okay? Because actually. The reserve doesn't own the property either. It's owned by the Queen of England. So we'd have to make a deal with the Queen to say, okay, let them give the, re- the, the band in any particular reserve. We give them their property so that they have title to it. And they have to act as if it was a town, a village, or a city. Just like okay, or... Bob, we're we're veering a little bit off topic here. We're, know, uh... but the history is should remain because of the fact that we're spending a lot of time trying to appease natives that are upset. And I understand that. But we should do it right. Make them the same as everybody else. Like, for example, on a reserve, who would put a store there? Would Walmart open one? No, because they can't. Because they can't own the property. That's what's wrong. So let's make them all happy. Let's make them just like you and I. That's what I want to do. I like natives. But what I don't like is there's... Some of them are stuck in a reserve, and that's wrong. Let's okay. change it. Okay, okay. Bob, we're, okay. we're like veering a little off topic. Thanks for your call. Uh, do you want to respond to that, Kat? Well, I, uh, as an individual, as a human, I'm, I'm not sure I want to be made like the all. Yeah. I think, um, although Sir John A. MacDonald had a similar idea in the quote I read earlier, and I think maybe that's the basis of some of the discussion about whether that's right or wrong. Okay, yes. uh, uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let us go to Dorothy in Toronto. Hello, Dorothy. Well, first of all, hi, Libby. Hi. First of all, I think the topic is ridiculous in the first place to go back 100 years with all the prime ministers we've had and that could have made changes. They're going to pick on one that when he came from Scotland, this is what he was told. The people were savages. Why don't they try to look up some of those people then? It would be impossible. Just like it's impossible taking the name of, uh, in our history... Wait a minute, he was told? I I think he might have made up his own mind, Sir John A. MacDonald. I don't think... uh, What do you think, Patrice, was... Well, you know, it's actually very... It's a very interesting topic because John A. MacDonald's idea of Indigenous Canadians was very much based on his own life in the Kingston area. He knew a lot of Indigenous Canadians. He was friends with many Indigenous Canadians. And his idea... Uh, was that, well, you know, in, in, in Eastern Canada, we have established Aboriginal communities. Some of them are actually thriving. They're doing well. They're slowly um, becoming part of the mainstream. They have schools. They have, um, you know, they, they have industry. They are participating in the economy. What becomes a crisis is when we go out west and we have a very different Aboriginal population out west. The, 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 the population of the Plains Indian is a nomadic. It, it, these are nomadic tribes. And, you know, and they, they, 
they did not have schools or anything like that. And, and McDonald, and again, I emphasize his generation, said, well, we have to push these people into the common mainstream, and let's do it now. You know, this is a process that, 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 that should have taken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, but Johnny McDonald and his, the people around him say, let's do it now. Let's do it right now. And, I mean, of course, you can, you, anybody can sympathize with the trauma of having to move from a very traditional lifestyle to suddenly being told you're going to live in this area and you're not going to leave this area and you're going to have to go to school and you're going to have to send your kids away from school. Not all your kids, just some kids. And that's the way it's going to be. Well, none of us today would ever put up with that kind of thing. So we have to understand, again, but it comes back to the issue of John A. And what John A. understood, it was from his exposure to the Aboriginal people of Eastern Ontario, of Southern Ontario, and that's what he saw. That's how he interpreted things. And he thought, well, if they did it here, let's do it over there. You know, and, and, but that's, you see, there's an element here of his personal story that I think is important to remember. When he, in, in 1886, there's going to be a whole delegation of Aboriginal leaders who will come to Ottawa, and they, will, they all want to meet with John A. Macdonald. They don't see him as a genocidal maniac. They want to meet with, 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 with the big chief because they know he represents the crown. So, I mean, there's so much complexity and so much drama and so much um, of interest in this man's life uh, that I think, it's, again, it's, it's worth remembering him and his evolution. Okay, Dorothy, thanks for your call. Uh, it's it's interesting, too, when, when you say remembering him, and uh, Kat, maybe respond to this. I mean, honestly, a lot of schools have somebody's name on them, and people have no idea who that person is or what they did. And I think some schools are named after, you know, a school board trustee. So... Uh, I guess I'm throwing this out to our guests. We're we're starting to run out of time here. You know, it, will keeping a name, his name on the building, actually um, go a distance to remembering him? Because a lot of people have no idea who the guy whose name is on their school is. Cat. Yeah, that's uh, brings back a childhood memory of being. My father was in the Canadian Armed Forces, and I went to a high school called General Panet High School. Uh-huh. I still don't know who the guy is. <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah? <laughs> Maybe after the Go program. Go, <laughs> tell, tell us now very quickly. General Panet was uh, the only French-Canadian general in the First World War. Um, I, pr- I presume that's the same one. But, you know, it, it just goes to show how terribly we teach our history, how terribly uh, we, we, we mislead our children by not telling them our story. Well, we, we, you know, we, don't, we just don't do it. We don't do it in the media. We don't do it in our classroom. We don't do it. You know, and I'll give you a, another personal story. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll match cats. Okay. There is, and what well, was in the listening range of, 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 uh, of your station, Libby, you know, Durham County. Yep. Well, what was named that? Who was named, that was that county was named after Lord Durham. Yeah, Lord Durham advocated the assimilation of French Canadians. That's me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, now do I do I you know do, what do we do with this? I mean, I, I would never advocate for for the elimination of Lord Durham. When I go to Quebec City, I go visit the statue of of. Um, of the general that defeated Montcalm. I won't even know, utter his name. But, okay, you know, I won't say it then. <laughs> but, you know, I stand. I stand. I stand in defiance of, of, of people who wished for the assimilation of French Canadians, and, but I remember them. And I don't condemn them. They were of their period. They had views that were not only proven wrong, but I stand as proof of how wrong they were. And I think that we must learn from the leaders of our past. We must learn from John A. Macdonald, the good that he did and the bad that he did. We must learn from all the people uh, that, are, that preceded us. That is how society is enriched, by learning the lessons of the past. Okay, Kat, you have 30 seconds to wrap up. Well, just my thought as an educator um, and in appreciation of somebody that understands history so well, that uh, maybe there should be some focus on every educational institution, that if there is a name on that, that should be um, explained. And, of course, the idea of history right now with Indigenous people, residential schools, Sir John A. Macdonald, all those things, it looks like we have a lot of educating to do before anybody can approve or disapprove of a particular product or subject or person. Okay. Uh, Great thoughts, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. People who are waiting... 
Uh, we're out of time. Free for All Friday is coming up, and I'm starting to think maybe we have to revisit this topic again before Free for All Friday. We'll see how the news goes. Uh, fascinating discussion today. I have to say that I learned quite a few things that I did not know before. So uh, thank you both, Kat Krieger and Patrice Dutil. Thank you, Levine. Patrice. Okay, bye-bye. That's it. That's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. And we now break for traffic and news. The eastbound 401 continues to be a busy drive, 427 over to the 400, then sort of off and on past the Allen right over to about Young Street. If you're westbound on the 401, expect slowdowns anywhere from about the 404. Uh, Cross Bayview over towards Young does tend to pick up a little bit after that. Southbound 404 DVP combo, looking at volume anywhere from about Finch right down to Eglinton, and northbound a bit of a slow go as well from the approach to Eglinton up towards the 401. Eastbound Gardner, you're going to find that slow. Jameson is your way in towards the core. Rumsey at Crofton. Now that's in the Laird and Millwood area. We have a gas leak causing some problems. And north of the city, Highway 27 closed north of Highway 9. Uh, they're cleaning up following an earlier serious collision, although police tell me that may not reopen. Until- You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.